Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. I'm David Merrill. And I'm Patrick Edwards. Welcome to the show, everyone. We're back in studio today, Patrick. Yes, it feels good to be back, doesn't it? Oh, I've, I've been enjoying the outdoors the last <laughs> couple months. Yeah, but we got to tell everybody about what we've been doing. Yeah, you know, we, we do, but at some point in time, I, I do have to get out of the studio and go see sunsets and smell, you know, the fresh air and chase critters. Yeah, those kind of things are kind of nice. Yeah, so, you know, we want to want to direct everybody to Radcast Outdoors. Make sure you go get on the website and check out all our other episodes before and after this one. You know, we got some swag on there. We got some cool recipes. Some new imagery will be coming shortly. So, speaking of outdoors and hanging out and high elevation, what have you been up to, Patrick? Well, I took a really cool trip here not too long ago up to the Wind River Range and up above Worthen Meadows. So if you go kind of up towards Lander and Sinks Canyon and then you continue to drive up, there's a trailhead that goes from Worthen Meadows Reservoir up into the wilderness area. And so I took a trip uh, with some guys and there were 14 of us. So it was That's a, more than some. It was a big troop, right? So <laughs> um, we showed up at the trailhead up there and uh, went on our hike, but it was, uh, so what was the mission was of this trip? Was it a camping trip or it was camping, hanging out, having fun. But for me, it was also trying to catch some fish, of course, cause that's what I do. Now, um, isn't there some goldens? Up there, there are goldens up there. Yep. And, uh, so that was on the list. I really wanted to get a master angler golden, which did not happen. I caught a little tiny golden, but at least I caught one. I can say I at least caught one. The elusive golden. Oh, man. I have not got that bug yet. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go back up again. I want to get a big one, but, um, <laughs> you know, we were talking about when we were talking about doll sheep preparation and different things that you do, same kind of thing with this trip. It was, you, you know me, I've got this ancient pack. And I will tell you, it's the bane of my existence now. Um, so I, for everybody out there, I've got this really, 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 really old aluminum frame, Jansport, like circa 1970 pack. It doesn't have a sternum strap. It's it's brutal. And I had it loaded up. It's probably 60, 65 pounds. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you have a crappy pack, it's horrible. <laughs> and so I show up there and I got this ancient pack on and, um, all the other guys are like, man, that's cool looking pack, you know, that's older. And, um, I had an old guy at the trailhead at the end of the trip, tell me that should be hanging on your cabin wall. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. Cause I, I mean, I agree with, him. I was soaked in sweat from my neck, you know, all the way down into my legs. I mean, I was just dying from carrying that sucker, but it, it was fun, you know, doing that. But anyway, we, we packed in for three or four days of, you know, hiking and camping. And so it wasn't too bad because the trail that we took from the trailhead up to where we camped, it was only about four and a half miles, but you talk about elevation gain. We gained a couple thousand feet of elevation. So we went from a little over 8,000 feet to over 10,000 feet. So we were, we were up there fairly high. I mean, there's you can feel the air getting thinner as you get up to that elevation. There's something that happens. There's a couple spots I elk hunt where we uh, push the, I mean, the, the top's 10-5, right? Mm-hmm. But we start at like 8. 
and the eights and nines are, you know, you, they're, <laughs> they're okay. But all of a sudden, you do like Oof. 95 to 10. It's brutal. I mean, there's a reason why airplanes require oxygen over 10. Yeah. Us as human beings <laughs> need it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was... It was kind of interesting because, I mean, we had a, a big group of guys. And so you have all different levels of fitness and abilities. And so there were a few of us. We wanted to get up there and get camp kind of set up ahead of schedule and, you know, go just start get, fishing for Goldens. Well, go I know, fishing. I period. know which one that was. So I went up there. Um, <laughs> I kind of hoofed it hard. And we, there were three of us. We went ahead and we got camp set up. And of course, I, had a meal because I was pretty hungry by the time I got up there. But one of the funny things that was kind of a, it became a little bit of a liability and I didn't expect it to kind of catch up to me, but I'd played softball this last summer and I had pulled a quad and I felt pretty good going into that trip. You're not a spring chicken anymore. I know Patrick. I'm getting old, but I, I felt pretty good at the trailhead threw on the pack and was feeling, you know, froggy and ready to go. And about three quarters of the way up, <clears throat> there was a spot where we had to cross the Roaring Fork um, Creek. And it was a pretty good little jump. You know, and you got a full pack on and everything. So I go and I jump across and my quad gave way. And <laughs> it was it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. And then the realization that you can't really extend your leg very well. And so, well, now you've kind of re-injured it yeah. and you're in there <laughs> and you've got weight on you, you know, yeah, you don't was, get to go sit on the couch and nurse it for a day or no, two. It was not comfortable. And so I, I was like, well, that was stupid. And so then I, I had to kind of watch it, you know, and, and take it easy going in the rest of the way. And it, it bugged me the rest of the trip. It's just the way it is. But the thing was that we had done the worst of it because we'd carried the weight in. And so I was able to get to the camp, take off the pack, set up my little one man tent and just kind of take it easy. You know, I went and filled up the water bladder to get some water because everybody was thirsty by the time we got up there. Cause I, I think it was 70 degrees hiking in. And with that style pack that I was wearing, I, I just soaked my shirt. I mean, I, I sweat a ton and I had water going up, but like we were talking about in a previous episode, you don't like carrying water, carrying water sucks. So, um, I drank the water that I had on the way up and then I went and took the filter and bladder and went and got some water out of Spruce Lake, which is where we camped. And, um, so I got that going and just kind of refreshed and revived, had some food. And then I went fishing, of course. And so I will tell you, if anyone has not experienced fishing in the Wind River Mountains, it's incredible. I mean, it's not a matter of whether you're going to catch fish or not. It's how, how many are you going to catch. And we had a guy that came with us, and I want to get him on the podcast at some point, but um, his name's Jimmy, and he's got a YouTube channel called Jimmy in the Wild. And you can actually watch... A lot of the footage, mainly of him catching it, because he uses GoPros and whatnot on his on his hat and one on a stick. But um, there were pools that we caught 40, 50 fish out of. I mean, just one after the other. I mean, as soon as your um, fly or they're, lure they're hit the water. Fish. Oh, yeah, they're starving. So, so anyway, I get to camp, and I grabbed the fly rod, and I wanted to go out and do some fishing. So I put on a 
pink scud and went out there and started throwing it and caught caught some brookies right away. And I was like, well, yeah, this is pretty good. And then the other guys showed up, so kind of helped them out and went and visited with them about their trek up and talked a little bit. And then um, all of us kind of fished at that low light period, you know, as the sun's going down, and it was spectacular up there. I mean, the magic hour. Beautiful, yeah. And so we all caught fish and had fun. And um, it Did was, you get to pan fry some fish over a fire? Some of some of the folks did, and, I, and I'll I'll admit to you, I was not super excited about doing that, and I'll tell you why. It's I've been eating so many fish that I, <laughs> people were like, "Are you gonna you know cook up some brookie?" Because we had had the brookie that we caught, you know, it was delicious. Yeah. Another trip, and I'd just been eating so much fish. I was like, "You guys go for it." I'm I'm just kind of over fish at the moment, and I had brought for a bunch of the guys some of my smoked fish, so I just just. I, I wasn't having it, but <laughs> that, um, that reminds me of <laughs> my brother got taken by my uncle when he was about 12 to uh, a cattle drive with a bunch of cattlemen in central Idaho. And it was, it was a week long one, right? Big one. <laughs> and you know, guess what they had for dinner every night? What's that? Well, you got a bunch of cattlemen on a cattle drive. They had beef <laughs> about day three. My brother said, can we get some chicken? And my <laughs> uncle like put his hand over his mouth. We don't say that. <laughs> I just want some chicken. Oh man, yeah, I was I was ready for some beef or something. Um, but anyway, it was it was gorgeous up there, and you and I both know this. Spending night under the stars, it's just incredible. It was it was during more of a moon phase but the moon hadn't quite crested yet and it was completely dark. So for the first couple hours of darkness, you could really see the Milky Way galaxy. I would argue that, you know, we spend the night under the stars, you know, out here in Riverton where I'm at, we don't have a lot of light pollution. So every night, and I just, I'm kind of numb to it, right? But there's something about getting away from technology and electricity and having a small piece of cloth, especially if you're sitting out around a campfire before you go get in your, 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 your fart sack for the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was nice being able to sit around a campfire, check out the stars, just visit, hang out, you know, just be a group of guys, you know. And so we There's something in our society that. that's missing. We need that. We we it's it's very interesting that, you know, we didn't have a very many fire sheep hunting. We had a couple, but you know, having that experience of just sitting up and there's there's no pressure. It's just yeah, I'm going to hang out by the fire till I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, you don't have to worry about what's going on with this and that. You just get away from all the distraction of life, which is the hourly the news alert from Fox yeah. News of bong. Or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever it is. When, yeah. when, the, when the cell phone doesn't work and there's no electricity, life seems to just slow down. Yep. And so we, I mean, we enjoyed that first night. Everybody had, you know, had a good time catching some brookies and there were grayling as well and i'm getting into the grayling a little bit later because we caught a lot of those but the next morning we got up early and those of us who were avid fishermen which was there were like four of us um that really wanted to get going we had another guy come along too that he he just wanted to hang out and go on the trail early we we hit this trail early and it was a couple miles to leg lake which is at ten thousand six hundred feet I've heard of Leg Lake before. Yeah, and so it's it's known for its golden trout and um, 
it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I mean, it has a glacier and a cirque. And so, I mean, you actually get up into you know, some glaciers and different things up there. And um, No lodge, no trail, right? Nope. Nope. It was, uh, <laughs> there were a few Karens along the way to let you know you were kind of in the right area. Um, but <laughs> on the way up, it was, it was pretty cool. We, we did see some bear sign, but no bears, which made me happy. Um, uh, didn't have any bear encounters. <laughs> uh, but there were a couple of wallows and watering holes that there were the tracks. The only tracks that were there were bear tracks. And so we knew there were, there were bears in there, but we didn't. Were they black into. or grizz tracks? There were black bear tracks, so I was okay with that. I don't want to run <laughs> grizzlies. Well, I don't want to run into any of them. But well, when we were fishing for bad. brookies, we saw a black bear. Yeah, we did swimming, which was kind of cool. And we do have to get that guy on to talk about the uh, yeah. The yeah, we got another episode hike. coming yeah. for so, you guys. So anyway, um, on the way up, of course, you have to fish because we're still following the Roaring Fork drainage up. And so there were... Of course, you have to fish. Of course. And there there were a couple of places um, along the creek that you could just catch one after the other. I mean, it was not even a challenge. And then there's a lake just just a little bit lower than Leg Lake, and it's called Gap Lake. And it had bigger grayling in it, and they were hard to catch. I'll just say they were very difficult to catch. So we fished a gap lake for a little bit, and then you have this kind of a straight up, basically ascent to leg lake up over this rise. And so we we went up on top of that, and when you get up on top of that, it's about ten thousand eight hundred feet. And when you're up there, I mean, the view of leg lake is absolutely stunning. And I took some pictures, so I'll post those with the show notes. But I mean, it was beautiful up there. Um, we hiked down to Lake Lake itself. And one of the things when you go to a golden trout fishery that you expect is to see goldens cruising the shoreline. We didn't see a single golden in Lake. And I'm sure they were there somewhere, but they were not anywhere visible. And I tried a whole bunch of different things to try to find some, but I didn't even see a fish rise in Lake Lake, which is very odd. Um, but I'll tell you what, it was one of the prettiest lakes I've ever been to. It was gorgeous up there. So it was totally worth it. Even though I didn't catch what I was hoping for out of Lake Lake, I cut a golden down lower, but, um, it was neat to be up there with the guys, you know, to spend the time to hike around, to check out a new place I'd never been before and have a day pack on, which was nicer than having all my gear. Um, but anyway, we spent the day up there. Some of the guys jumped in the water and froze the, their, uh, stuff off <laughs> it was a, pretty a glacial fed lake at ten thousand feet in july in it was, wyoming it was cold it's it's barely you know past the point of being solid i'll just say it takes your breath away <laughs> it's a very very cold water um so anyway we went from there um hiked back down and of course fished our way back and there was one pool in particular that i want to talk about a little bit and we have some underwater footage that jimmy took on his show of the grayling and the brookies in this pool. And I had this Prince Nymph on and one of my favorite every flies. cast. Every cast. It was getting bit. Now I didn't hook up on every single one, but it was getting hit on every single one. And there was this one particular pool. I, I'm pretty sure I recaught fish <laughs> that I caught two minutes earlier. But I mean 
there were so many grayling and so many brookies fighting over those flies that there were three of us fishing that spot and we just kept catching fish after fish after fish after fish after fish. And it, it was a ton of fun. I mean, we, it's not my ideal kind of fishing. You know me, I, I want to catch the bigger fish, but it was fun. And I mean, it was just one after another. So we did a lot of just catch and release. Jimmy did keep a couple of grayling, which I told him they taste odd. You know, they're, they're not the kind of fish, like if I, if I had to pick between a brookie and a grayling, I'm definitely eating the brookie. <laughs> and that's going to, the brookie is going to win just about every contest as far as what you want to eat. But um, he took a couple of grayling and he decided that they weren't his favorite either. Um, Cause we had, he had, he cooked them up and had them that night. But um, anyway, we went back that night and got some rest and got some food. And then we took another trip, uh, another fishing trip that next morning, and we went down, downstream, back down the trail that we had hiked in the day prior, and we went down to, there's a lake called, there's a lake in between Spruce Lake and the other lake that we went to, and it doesn't have a name, and the other lake we went to is named Fur Lake. So there's like these three lakes in a row in about, I don't know, half a mile stretch. So it's not difficult at all and the creek in between is just loaded I mean loaded with brookies and grayling and so we fished this little lake that didn't have a name and again found another one of those pools where it was just I mean you you almost got sick of catching them I mean it's just crazy catching these six to ten inch fish just over and over and over and over and over again yeah you touched on it so I did a (laughs) Two summers ago, we did a pack trip horse packing, right? And we went into a lake with some guys. And not on the outlet, but the inlet, one of the, the creek did like a 180. And it uh, went around a big boulder. And the creek was maybe 12 inches deep. The spot was six foot deep. In the bottom was a loaded. 22, 24 inch. And I mean, he had, there was a bunch of, it was loaded. There was 20, 30 fish in there. But they were six to 12 inch, right? Here in the bottom is this 22-inch fish, and I threw every fly for an hour and a half that I had in my pack, kept throwing it upstream, letting it just naturally drift into the hole. Two or three times, he he come up, you know, he started to look at it, and then he shied away, and finally he went under that boulder, and I, I gave up. But I know what you mean about, yeah, I could care less about those other six-inch fish that were in there. Yeah. And they were trying to go after it, and I kept trying to get him to, just because I wanted to, that, that thing was a, that was a fish. Yeah, well, we had a golden like that that was in that lake, and it was swimming around with the uh, grayling and the brookies, but he wouldn't hit anything. And, I mean, I had once where he followed it, but he would not hit it. And it was just, it was infuriating because you're like, oh, I want to catch that one. I want to catch that one. For for some of our listeners, these lakes are uh, completely clear. Oh, crystal. You can see everything. Yeah, I could be on the other side. Um, I could be on the other side of the, uh, lake from a school of fish and I could see them from 50 yards away. I mean, there's so many fish. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I've, I've had really good fishing in my life where you catch lots of bluegill and perch and even sometimes brookies like this, but it was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> that's the only way to thing, describe Patrick, it. It's crazy. Is to do top water fishing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love to do dry fly fishing or even, you know, a spinning rod pulling a popper or something on the surface is you get to see 
the, the interaction with the fish, right? Mm-hmm. But when you get to fish some of these lakes that are that clear, you now get to do, you know, when 70% of the fish are caught, submerged, right? Yep. What Whatever you're pulling spinners or bait or whatever it might be, wet flies. But 70% of my flies are wet flies, and that's the majority of the fishing I do because that's the majority of the catching I do, and that's the majority of the fish feed under the surface of the water, not yep. on the surface. But when you're on these super clear lakes like that and you still get to see the fish commit and come and take it, that's fun. It was really fun watching the fish come in and hit the lure. Um, no matter what, we, I caught them on it, a little bit of everything. I caught them on spoons. I caught them on spinners. I caught them on flies. They, on a they multi, were hungry. Multi-day progressive camping trip like this, you're not under pressure to, hey, I got to get back home and do X or Y. You're like, I get, I've got the next 12 hours to fish. Yeah. And the only thing that I've got to do is cook some dinner and go to bed tonight. So I'm going to fish this hole until I'm content. Yeah. And we did the last day. We, we got a, under a little bit of a pinch. So you remember that big storm we had in early in I September? Do. So that's when we went. It was early September, and they said this big storm was coming, and we could feel it. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing when you're camped at about ten two, ten three, and you feel the weather change. It's different than when you're down at lower elevation and feel the weather change. Um, so the first night that we were there, it was super cold. It was chilly at night. The second night, it was hot, and it was because the the weather systems were changing, and so warm air came in ahead of that cold front, and so it got really warm, and I mean, I was sweating at night. I was just like, man, why is it so warm? Well, <clears throat> next day, the smoke blew in, and you could feel the weather changing, and it was like, oh, man, this is, this is going to be real, and as we were hiking out ahead of that storm, you could feel the temperature starting to drop. And I was glad I got out of there because a couple of day, or it was the day after we hiked out and when that storm hit, there were like six people got trapped up there that had gone up that same trail that we had gone up and they were stuck in a couple of feet of snow. So we, we got out ahead of that crazy storm. Um, so we had, you know, six inches of snow out in, at my house. Yeah, it was so. crazy. It was a wild storm, but I'll tell you what, it was a really fun trip. <clears throat> and I would just tell everybody out there, if you haven't done a trip like that, either into the Bighorns, Wind Rivers, wherever you're at, you really need to do it. And I'm going to take my kids next year and hike up and fish those lakes and some of those areas of that stream just because, I mean, if, you, if you're taking kids fishing, you want them to catch. And so... This area, it's not a matter of if you're going to catch, it's how many. And so if you can find places like that where you can catch and release and, and get but the kids But there's a barrier exposed, to entry. You oh get man. to hike in, and yep. there's a reason you guys are camping in there. It's a long enough hike that yeah. day hiking is, you really want to do at least one overnighter. Yeah, it's it's a long way in, but it's, it's not real long. But, I mean, it's for kids, it can be pretty far. But it's totally worth it. And we have just such an amazing place that we live in such a beautiful area. I just encourage you get, get your kids, go up there, go experience it, take some, you know, Prince nymph flies, some scuds, you know, some spinners, some spoons, and just go catch some fish. It's a blast. You won't regret it. I can tell you that. I, I just was blown away at the, 
the quality of the and the quantity of the fishing. I mean, if if you wanted to have a big brook trout dinner, it would have been really easy and it would have been really tasty, I'm sure. And I mean, the scenery on a trip like that is oh man, you, you you're not you're not fishing a little sagebrush creek where it's flat and kind of dirty brown looking. It's every everywhere you yeah. turn and look is another iconic epic scene. It was gorgeous and. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things to do up there. If you want to climb, you can climb. I, there are wild raspberries up there. If you want to go up there and go eat wild raspberries, you can do that. Just look out for the bears. Um, but there's there's something for everybody. And we ran into other people on the trailhead that they were just going up there just to, just to climb. You know, they wanted to go up on top of the cirque, and they wanted to go do this and that. And, I mean, it, it's got something for everyone. And we had some guys on our trip that, you know, they were from, you know, the West Coast and never done anything like that. So they, they thought that was one of the coolest things ever. And it is. So, yeah, I just hope everybody gets out there and does it because it was totally worth it. High Mountain Lakes are, are something to behold. They're special and beautiful. If you haven't ever done that, <laughs> make make that on your bucket list. Make make it make a plan for next summer to, to do a two- or three-nighter and Go hike into a few mountain lakes and check them out. Yeah, and make sure you take the necessary provisions, you know, take some good meals and, and take some good gear, but it will get cold at night, so you got to be ready for that. It's It gets chilly, but it's not horrible in the summer. You know, you can you can do okay, and there is nothing better than sitting around that campfire at night and seeing the stars and just being in the in the stillness of the great outdoors that we have. It's just incredible. I don't know. I like to get up before the sun and sneak out while people are sleeping and go catch that first fish rising on the lake. That's that's pretty cool, especially if you can get a little mist or fog rolling off the lake, few few wildlife waterfowl flying through. It's There's something, you know, talk about being at peace. Yep. <laughs> it just... And have elk and deer coming down and getting a drink. And, yeah, it's it's... It's special, that's for sure. So, well, next time you go, I'll uh, I'll loan you that uh, Dana Designs pack, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get you squared away. Oh man, I got to get a different pack. That about killed me. That, so that was the other funny part is coming out. <clears throat> I don't know what happened with it. I gotta gotta look at it and figure it out. But around the base here, around my waist, something got off kilter, and so then my pack started going almost at a diagonal on my back. Oh, dude, I was so happy to get to the truck and take that stupid pack off, I was dying. I think it's <laughs> it time to, to put a screw <laughs> in the wall and hang, and hang the pack it, yeah. up permanently forever. I, th- I think that it's gonna it's gonna have to be hung up for display only. It's it's not it's it's a relic enough now it's not worth Oof. throwing away. But it's quick, a cool pack. It's an awesome but, pack. Oh, but man. let's get you <laughs> let's get you some power steering and cruise control. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we have the technology now. Yeah, so I won't be torturing myself with that pack anymore. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, if you like the show and you like what David and I are doing, please go to radcastoutdoors.com. Let us know. Go um, definitely rate, subscribe um, on wherever you're listening uh, to this podcast from, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Um, we we really can't do this without you, and, and we just love doing this, so... Let us know how we're doing and definitely check out our website. We've got a lot of good recipes on there if you, if you like to cook. And we've got uh, some good 
really good episodes on various topics. I mean, whether you're talking, you know, large predators and carnivores to, to hunting and fishing. I mean, we've got a little bit of everything, so definitely go check it out. Go, go give a, you know, we've got sponsors past and present and go, uh, go check them out. Check out, you know, what we've got going and what we're promoting because there's some really cool stuff out there. A bunch of links on the website. So, yep. And get you a Radcast Outdoors hat if you want to look sharp when you're going around town. That's exactly right. So until next time, guys, we'll see you soon.